It's the B-List Daily on the new 105.5 Sports, live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios here in Auburn. My name is Aaron Morse, filling in for Maddie B on this Tuesday morning. And to preview all the action we've got going on uh, in the state tournaments and basketball, uh, he's from centralmaine.com. Travis Barrett is on the phone with us right now. And Travis, I know you have an article up already talking about the top seeds ready to roll. Scout Hegan, Waterville Girls, Coney Boys. Tell us about some of the big storylines in your point of view heading into the state tournament this year. I think, um, well, happy tournament eve. Yes. Like, yes. We're here. Um, I think, uh, well, I think we've talked about it a few times, right? I think if there's any lock um, that I would, you know, that I would wager more than a dollar fifty on. <laughs> For entertainment purposes only, um, I think it's the Scout Hegan girls. I, I, I just no team has really tested them in in a North this year, so I think I think that's I, I think what we're watching there is just whether or not um, one of these teams like Hampton or Lawrence or even Methalonski, which um, they're not as good this year as they've been, but they're a team that in the past has done very well in these tournaments. They went to the regional final last year. They won two regional finals for that. Um, can somebody make a run at them? Can somebody get them off their game? Um, the A North boys, I think Coney's the number one seed in a in a region that is just, I mean, loaded with parity. I know my colleague Travis Lazarge, he wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. It's just any one of those teams on any given night can beat the others. Um, you look at a Mesolonski team that was young, they didn't even make the tournament. They went from, um, they were fifth when the final week of the regular season started in the A North Hill Point. And they finished ninth oh. after. So it's just—I mean—that's kind of the way that that league went this year. So I think that'll be—that might be the most fun tournament to watch. And then, you know, some of the others that we look at—you know, Waterville girls are unbeaten, but there's still a lot of questions about. Yeah, but can they beat a Herman? And so mm. I think that's what you're looking at and be North. And then I think, you know, the Sea South boys sort of shake up as. Um, it's Winthrop, it's Haldale, it's Waynefleet, which you never really know because they don't play in the Mountain Valley Conference. These teams don't see them. Every year they seem to be better than people give them credit for. Uh, they're a two seed this year, though. So I think they're, you know, in the past I feel like they've come in much lower than that, you know, six or seven, and nobody really knew what they were getting. Um, and Booth Bay is a good team that they just they haven't played particularly well against the best teams in the, in the league this year. So, And then, you know, a little further down, um, if there's another team that I thought was a, was a virtual lock, it would be the Forest Hill Bo- Forest Hills boys. They're unbeaten. They score a ton of points for a little tiny Class D school, and when I mean little tiny school, <laughs> Forest Hills and Jackman is a little tiny school. But um, but Anthony Amaro has had them play really well these last couple of years. I think the only the only thing that would knock them off is if they if they don't shoot well. I mean because that, they are kind of predicated on that. And the Rangeley girls are kind of back to being dominant. So. It's a lot, but, you know, this time of year there's a lot going on. So it's no real simple answer when you say, hey, what are you watching? Because there's a little <laughs> bit of everything right now. <laughs> so, Scalhegan girls, I, I, mean, I have not seen them play. You've probably seen them play quite a bit. What, is, yeah. what makes them so good? Uh, what makes them so, such a powerhouse this season? Well, they have a couple of things. So, you know, last year they played um, – they made it to the regional um, semifinal against – Metzlowski, and mm-hmm. they lost a close game. They missed a shot at the buzzer. It was not like I don't want to make it sound like Sydney Ames had a wide open look, and I can't believe she missed. I mean, it was they needed a three, and um, you know they missed it at the end in traffic off a of play. But they were 
that's a group that's been together. Like, like Mike started them, Mike LeBlanc, the head coach, he started them basically as freshmen and sophomores, like in, in knowing this is what we're building towards. And so now they're here. Now what they do really well is they've got Andy Cook and Alyssa Everett who just dominate the inside play, even though they're not huge. You know, they're not, they're not six-footers, but they play a really good inside game. And so what happens is they funnel everything down into them, and when teams collapse, they kick it out, and they've got a few girls that can – um, that are really just lethal from outside. So they've got a bunch of options. You have to pick which one you want to defend. I know the Gardner coach, after I saw how he can beat Gardner in Gardner, um, he talked about they're just a tough matchup for everybody because you, you go into every game and we're taking away one thing, and then you're just hoping they're not going to beat you with the other. But the problem is they're good enough to beat you with the other. And then to that group of seniors that have been together, they've added J.C. Christopher, who's a freshman, She's the sixth player. She comes off the bench, and uh, she's she's tall. I mean, she's legitimately a six foot tall, and uh, but she plays outside and she makes every shot. So they're they've added another piece there um, that's a little bit more basketball centric, if you will. I mean, a legitimate basketball player versus just an athlete. So they that's what makes them so good. You just can't like I think Hamden. What surprised everybody this year is that Hamden was that kind of team with Bailey Donovan, a, a big center, a nice inside physical presence. She's matured as she's gotten older. I think when she was a sophomore, it was a little tough for her to, to find a way to use that size and be that dominant player, but she has now. Um, so I think I think what surprised everybody the most is that when they when Calhegan and Hamden played, Calhegan had a really easy time of it. Now, I just think I think Calhegan's guards are better. I think that's the difference. Mm. But, but they're better enough that the games aren't really close. So I think that's what makes them just so good. There's just if there's too many options, if Cook's having an off night, Christopher will be on. And if she's having an off night, then Alyssa Everett steps up and scores 15. And if and if she's not getting rebounds, then Mariah Dunbar sneaks in there and grabs and, and shoots threes. So it's just they just have too many options. And in high school basketball, um, I don't want to say it's like the NBA, but it's like the NBA. And that if you have two or three really dominant players, you're going to be pretty well set up because you can't you can't defend all of them. You know, Travis. We know what Skowhegan field hockey's done over the last <laughs> forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Softball, a lot of these same names, they've been yeah. very good there. They've had a pretty good run of, of uh, female sports at Skowhegan. Yeah, they've got a really nice group of athletes. Somebody asked me last week, I think it was Drew at the office, he asked me how many of these basketball kids um, are also field hockey players. And I said, actually, I think the, the large majority of them are actually softball players. Um, yes. Lee Johnson's the head softball coach. He's the assistant coach for the basketball team this year. Um, so it, it's, and they also all played soccer together. And that, and, and I think a story that might have got gets lost in the big picture because they weren't a great soccer team, but they made the they made the playoffs this year for like the first time in 15 years with that same group of senior athletes. Yes. So yeah. they they just one of the things I I really like about watching them is. Obviously, it's a really nice group of kids, and when you see them in every sport, you know, they get to know you, so they're a little more comfortable with the question and answer thing. Um, they're a super nice group of kids, but the thing is, they don't seem to get flustered when they're under pressure, and I do think that comes from, like you are talking about, they, they've made deep, deep runs in softball and played for state championships. They've, they've, they've had good basketball teams that have been in the tournament before and won some games there, so they... They've, they've kind of been there and done it. I, Mike Mike LeBlanc always says that one of his biggest frustrations is trying to get them motivated at the right time. You know, like, it, I saw that their second-to-last game of the regular season, they played Mesolonsky, and uh, they they just they ran Mesolonsky off the floor in the first half, 
And then in the third quarter, Smeslowski came out and scored the first eight points. And uh, I don't want to say it got close. I think it got to, like, 11. And uh, Mike called timeout, and he just lit into them. And they came out, and they answered with an 11 nothing run of their own and put the game away. Like, okay, we'll play now. And they just – they do it with defense. They do it with offense. And but they but they're never flustered. They're just a group that kind of understands how to win and how to play, and that's that's what works for them. So is there um, is there any okay. team in Class A that could be in in their region at least? I'm not talking about the title game, but on their way to the title game, is there anyone in Class A who you think even matches up even possibly to pull off an upset over Skowhegan, or say are, are they almost inevitable to be <laughs> to be playing there on March first? Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I, I feel like they're as sure a thing as we have. Yeah. But in the tournament, and probably in any bracket, right, especially mm. in Augusta, they're probably as sure a thing as we have um, in the North. But having said that, um, I think I think what we'll, if you're going to beat them, and, um, you know, here's my, my great in-depth basketball expertise for you. I just think if you're going to beat them, you, the team that beats them, to me, won't be a hand in that tries to beat them at their own game, right? Like, we're going to play inside and we're going to play outside. We're going to go the inside-out route. I think the team that will give them the most trouble is a team like a Lawrence if they get hot mm. and, they, and they just decide, hey, we're just going to shoot, 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 and we're going to, we can play the full court, too. I think that's the only team that can give that kind of a game is the only game that will give them any trouble. But I just... Because one thing, one thing Skowhegan doesn't do is go very deep on their bench. They basically go seven players. So I think if you get foul trouble, you get in kind of a helter-skelter game where both teams are intent on we're going to play full-court pressure from start to finish, and we're going to have a lot of fouls and a lot of chaos. If you can get Skowhegan in some foul trouble, I think that's your only hope. I know you, you probably haven't seen Greeley play this year, but we all know about how great Greeley is on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. Do you think Scott Higgins might be better than them? Well, I haven't seen him, right? But so it's hard to say. And yeah. I know, if I'm, it might be unfair to Scott Higgins to say this, but if we go with recent history, you know, we had some really good Metalonky teams that you know kind of ran into those Southern buzzsaws. So yeah. I don't know if I would go that far. Haven't right. seen them. Um, I think they probably get tested a little more every night. But having said that, the KDC was pretty good this year. I mean, it, it was the boys certainly had an edge in terms of parity. Um, but there were no, I don't know, like, like I always had a Mesolanti team, their girl for 10 and 8, um, and they they struggled against some teams that you wouldn't expect, and they beat some teams that, um, I don't know if I wouldn't have expected it, but it's just, I think it's hard to, it's hard to predict um, that kind of stuff. So I think for me, I don't know if I would say they're probably better, I, but I do think this Cowhegan team is probably as good as that Mesolanti team that had... Um, you know, Sophie Holmes and McKenna Brodeur and those girls on that team. I think they're, I think they're just as good. So we talked a lot there about girls basketball class A on the boys side. You mentioned Coney top seed, a lot of parity there. Um, yeah. If you had to make a prediction, who do you think emerges from that region there? <laughs> uh, I would not make a prediction. You would not make a prediction. Sorry. Okay, um, no prediction. I don't think it can. Like so, Coney like <laughs> they like this. It's kind of a modified Grinnell system now. I know that TJ kind of toned it down, but. You know, he was kind of one of the first here in the last few years to bring in that whole, like, we do wholesale substitutions every three minutes. Oh, okay. It goes crazy, and we, we just jack every three yeah. minutes, and we, and we try and play the percentages. Um, he kind of he kind of um, pulled the reins in on that a little bit mm. so that they're not quite, you know, that, that created that much chaos. 
but they still like to play really fast, live and die by the three-pointer. I mean, they just scored 90 points against Morris in the last week of the regular season. I mean, way to go. Thanks, Dad, you know, for um, teaching me how to coach the game. Um, that's a that's TJ coached against his father, Tom, and he just blew Tom out of the water. Um, but I think they had, like, 15 threes in that game, so that tells you kind of where they're at. Um, but I think problem for them every year, every year with Cody, is they have a game where they don't shoot well, and it all seems to fall apart in the mm. tournament. And so, now this, this is probably their best team in the last two or three years, for sure. But I just think, you know, Hamden's really good. They've got size. They can play. Um, Mount Blue was really good at the beginning of the year, and they've kind of petered off and fallen back to what what they probably should be. So, I I don't know. I I know it sounds like I'm waffling, but I think anybody who's paid attention to A North this year will say um, that is as wide open a tournament as you could get. Um, even TJ said to me yesterday on the phone, the eight seed is Madonna's Valley. They won 12 games this year. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like <laughs> none of the teams know how to win. So I think that tournament is just going to be crazy. Like I, that's the one I could see. Like, oh, where did the six seed come from and win this thing or play through the regional final? So I think it'll be. That's going to be a fun tournament. That really is. And I, and I think you'd be a fool to try to predict it, honestly. I just think it could go so many different ways. And then Class B girls, you mentioned Waterville as a three seed. Can they beat Herman? That's a big question. If they end up do playing each other, which it looks yeah. like they might, you know, uh, you, you, they got to get past uh, you know, some opponents there first. But uh, that's going to be at the Cross Insurance Center. So are you going to be able to check those games out at all? Or no, you're pretty much at Augusta? Yeah, I'll be, no, I'll, I'll be in Augusta. I know that um, uh, the other Travis, as I like to call yeah. it, <laughs> the, the knockoff imitation Travis. Yeah. Uh, he'll be. I think he's going up there. Okay. Friday and Saturday because we also have the Winslow girls up there, and uh, the MCI boys will be up there. So, um, but I think I, you know I, we learned our lesson a little bit last year with the Winslow girls, where we thought, yeah, they're not as good as these other teams, right? They don't score a ton, but when it came to tournament time, they knew how to play defense, and they played some some really low-scoring games that people kind of stopped at. I mean, I think the state championship game, both teams were in the 30s, if I remember correctly. Um, might have ended up being 40-something, you know, 42 or something with some foul shots at the end. And I think, so what I what I mean is, I think, like, one thing about those Waterville girls is they can score some points, but they've also, they know how to play defense, and they're, they're a team that plays full court and, and really creates havoc. So, I mean, I, I can't say they won't be there playing for the regional final, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they're not. I just, I still feel have this weird feeling like they're a year ahead of schedule. They're still pretty young, so um, you know they don't have. I think they have one senior on the one senior on the roster, and and uh, she's a bench player. She's like their sixth or seventh player. So um, their starting five is all underclassmen, and I, and I think they might be a little bit ahead of schedule. But look, they went eighteen and zero this year. They won some close games during that run, unlike Dowhegan, where they felt like they were never really tested. Um, one of the girls were tested. They won a couple of really close games, so um, and including ones against Winslow. You know, that's a rivalry game, Big Loud Gym. So right. I'm kind of interested to see how they respond on the big stage, but I think no matter what they do, they get a couple tournament games in Bangor. I think that's a huge experience for them coming back next year. Excellent. So boys basketball, Class C, uh, let's see. Yeah. At Augusta, the top seed is Winthrop. Booth Bay is a four seed. Uh, what, what, what's, what's your breakdown of that bracket there? I've seen Winthrop 
Um, I have not seen Hallsdale um, because I do tend I do tend to do more um, morning Sentinel girls basketball. You know what I mean? I have seen Waterville, uh, Win, uh, Winthrop. Uh-huh. Too many W's. This is how the week goes. Like, so many W's. I'm already confused. <laughs> uh, I think uh, for the Winthrop boys, they've got six eight Cam Wood in the middle, and mm. he is just a physical force. And everything goes through him and back out, and they can shoot. And they're, they are – I don't understand how these smaller schools – and what's up a small school, right, in the classroom? Yes. Man, they grow some kids that – I don't know what they feed them, but <laughs> I wish I had known 15 years ago because I would have said it to my son. Um, they just, they're all just so tall. And I know that – I always chuckle at that in basketball you don't say tall. You say long. They're very long. But these kids are long. I, I feel like each of their arms are all like four feet long. So <laughs> they are—they're really tough. And I think—I know Drew has spent a ton of time with the Winthrop boys and the Halldale boys, and he's—he still thinks Halldale's the better team. Um, and I think—I I might be wrong. We'd have to go double check. But I'm pretty sure that Winthrop only lost King to Halldale early in the season. Um, I just feel like Winthrop, man, I would want to play them. I think they're really good. And I think in the past where Waynesley's kind of been that wild card like I was talking about before, I feel like now Winthrop knows exactly what they're going to get, and I don't think they're worried. So I think that would be a fun bracket. But I also feel like Boothley's a really good athletic team who can score a lot of points. They might throw a wrinkle in those, in those top three teams. I, I could see them, you know, kind of breaking up what everybody predicts as Winthrop, some combination of Winthrop, Wainfleet, and or Haldale playing for the regional title. I could see Boussey at some point having one of those games because we know, right, in the tournament that it's going to happen somewhere. Some team you thought, how could they lose? How could they ever lose? It's going to lose by 20, and you're going to go, what? Right. <laughs> um, so I could see Boussey being a, a weird wrinkle in that mm. class you saw tournament. Maybe watch out for that regional semifinal. Possibly Winthrop versus Boussey should be interesting. Uh, girls' side of things, Booth Bay's a top seed, right? Class C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, loaded. And, and loaded. Like, so I thought last year, I think last year we were uh, able, eh, upset might not be right. Monmouth was really good last year. But I think everybody kind of felt like when Monmouth and Booth Bay played, that was for the, that was going to ultimately be the team that was going to go to the, go play for the state championship. And I, and I think I was a little bit surprised that Booth Bay um, lost to Monmouth, and I know I, if, it's all coming back to me now. Booth Bay had the unfortunate um, they had the unfortunate situation where they had the flu run through their team oh, in the tournament, week. Yeah. and it was not an excuse. Like uh, Faith Lesson sat on the bench for like the entire first half of game. She was so sick, and people were like, "Oh my God, is she hurt? Why is she not playing? She's one of the best players in the state." And it was the flu. And uh, and they had a bunch of that going on. So they were probably not at full trace. Now, look, that's what it is, right? That's the tournament week. Um, but I'm pretty, but they're essentially the same group back, and I just, you know, they're 18-0 for a reason. I, I think they're a little bit like Delhi, and I haven't seen them, but they're a little bit like Delhi. Mm. I don't think they've really been truly tested or pushed that hard this year. So I think that's probably a, a region where there'll be some fun games and in, in leading into the, the final, but... I think it'll be Booth Bay coming out of there. I just I can't see it another way right now. Yeah, well, St. Dom's, who's obviously right next door to us, they're playing Buckfield uh, today at five o'clock for the right 
to play Booth Bane there at the Civic Center. So, <laughs> have fun really? with that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we made the tournament. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Class D boys, you touched on Forest Hills and what they've been able to do, right? Yeah, I, I do love them. Yeah, Like I said, I think you get a Class D team that can score – um, 90 points a game without even really trying. That's a, that's a team you got to respect and keep an eye on. Um, class, the Class D tournament to me is always, I don't. This sounds awful to say, right? But you know what? People hate me anyway. Um, <laughs> you have to get through the quarterfinals because the quarterfinals are a hot. This is hot garbage most of the time. Like, well, you can some of them are at 8:30 in the morning, and the girls' side. 8:30 in the morning. Yeah. You've got like an 18 and 0 Forest Hills against a 2 and 14, you know, <laughs> Christian school. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm not picking on the school. Um, but but because there's not a lot of teams, those seven and eight. Look, it's not Madomic. It's not a 12 win 18. You know, it's, right. it's a two win or a one win 18 in some cases. And you just you got to get through the quarterfinals, and you get to the semifinals, and then you get some good games in Class C. You really do because now you've got you know there is such a separation and such a drop off in Class C. You've got to get to the final four. And uh, I think once you do, those games are pretty good. And, and I do like, on the boys' side, you know, it's not just Forest Hills, but um, Pine Tree, I mean, not Pine Tree, Temple Academy, they have some athletes. Valley, you know, I mean, look, we're a long way from the Andy Bedard days and, um, you know, kind of when they were just so dominant. But, but Curtis Miller's done a really good job there. They've got some basketball players now, and I think, you know, Forest Hills and Valley, they're kind of, they're, they've got a nice little rivalry going. And I think when we get to the semifinals, um, there are some potentially some really good matchups in there. And so I think, again, like for me, if, if you got to get through that 8.30 in the morning um, quarterfinal <laughs> that is just hard to wake up and watch. And, uh, <laughs> and we're, we're probably going to get into the real tournament class. That'll be, and, yeah, 8.30 a.m. will be Valley Forest Hills girls basketball there on the 16th. So. You realize, Travis. Rival, all right? That's there you rival. go. You, can't, you, can't, you can throw the records out. Um, you realize you're going to have to wear a disguise now this week. That's right. Yeah, you look, look, everybody already looks and laughs at me. You know, they're like, oh, look at this guy, right? Um, the bald head kind of gives it away. So. Well, and Class D girls, I want to touch on that real quickly because the one game I remember last year was I broadcast the state championship game in Class D girls. It was Southern yeah. and Rustic versus Vinyl Haven. Vinyl Haven had a long winning streak, if I recall, and Southern Rustic won the game. And it looks like Vinyl Haven's fallen off quite a bit. They're a seven seed this year, but yeah. and you mentioned Rangeley is back on top there um, in Class D. It seems like. Yeah, I think Rangeley, yeah, Range is really they played really well this year. And you know, it's funny. Um, They've got that same. I coach remember, back. I think two years ago, I went and saw their opener against uh, Richmond, and they just they got beat bad. I mean, Richmond that was one of Richmond's really good teams. Um, that was the. Uh, I think Miranda Martin was a senior. Uh, Sidney Tilton was still there. So, Richard was really good, and, and Rangeley was very young. And so what ha- so they just got beat. But I think they're, you know, that's, again, group of athletes. Played, they all play a bunch of sports together. Um, not a big school at all. Um, we were joking the other day that uh, their ski team, that for the first time ever, Rangeley has a ski team. They went and won the Mountain Valley Conference Championship over the weekend. <laughs> wow. uh, and I said, so... That means that every girl in the school, if I'm yeah. doing the math, every girl in the school at Rangeley is part of a uh, tournament <laughs> team, team right. between uh, the basketball and the ski team. But I think, anyway, those, those freshmen and sophomores yeah. are now seniors and juniors at Rangeley, and, and I think it shows. And, uh, 
you know, Heidi's always done a really good job over there coaching teams, coaching up teams, um, takes a long view of the process. You know, what we are in, in December is not what we're going to be in February. And, it's, and it pays off with them every year. And I think this year's a really – they've got a really good team. I'd be, I would be shocked if they're not playing in the regional final. He is Travis Barrett, website centralmain.com. Follow him on Twitter, at TBarrettGWC. Check out all his coverage coming up from the Civic Center there in Augusta as we hit the state tournament going underway. We got ourselves a double-A game here tonight with Oxford Hills girls, but that's a whole other matter. But, uh, Travis, thank you so much for joining us on the B-List. Really appreciate your insight on all levels of uh, high school basketball here in Maine. Well, I appreciate it, and it all starts tonight for me with uh, Modlis Carabac Girls in a prelim game. That's a 5 p.m. start, so we're happy about 5 p.m. All right. There you go. Travis Barrett on the B-List. Thanks so much.